0: Welcome back to another exciting week in the Web3 universe. I'm your host, The Mayor, and you're listening to the best NFT media nominated NFT and Chill podcast, the show that discusses interesting topics with artists, creators, and thought leaders from the Web3 space. On this week's episode, are you still trying to figure out exactly what the merge is and what comes after? This week, we have two of the brightest minds in crypto and the DeFi space, Canna Pope and Squirtle. And we'll be talking about exactly what is the merge, what comes after the merge, and the ins and outs of cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. So sit back and chill while we explore the exciting world of Web3 and NFTs together. Welcome back. We got a really great show today. But before we get into it, I just want to thank everyone for listening to the show, subscribing, telling your friends, following our socials, engaging with our posts. It helps the show tremendously, helps us keep bringing everyone content, more guests on. And it just really means a lot, all the support. NFT and Chill is now on the blockchain. The cover art for the show has been minted as an Ethereum NFT, which is extremely exciting. And we also have a merch store. We have t-shirts, hoodies for men, women, non-binary. There's something for everybody in all different colors and sizes. I'm not going to beg anybody to go out and buy it. Um, If you want to support the show, they're pretty cool. If you want to look as fresh as the mayor, then you may want to check out a t-shirt or a hoodie or something. So let's get right into it. Who we have this week. From the recent news with the Ethereum test that was completed. We're going to get into everything Ethereum and cryptocurrency and, and a little bit of DeFi. We have Squirtle and Hope. These guys are good friends of mine from the Graveyard Shift and Wendrop. How you fellas doing?
1: Doing amazing. Thanks for
2: having me, man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely fabulous. Again, thanks for bringing us on. I can't wait to hear what you guys want to say about this. I have been watching so many videos, hearing so many different opinions that. I've almost lost track of what I actually believe is going to happen, but uh, I'm, I'm excited to dive in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's where I wanted to get you guys on. Honestly, two very bright minds in the space, especially with DeFi and crypto. Got to get you on NFT and chill. So you guys want to give yourself an introduction? How about Squirtle go first?
1: For sure. Yeah. So I am a front end engineer. I have worked with the Deadheads NFT team for about a year now. Work with uh, some other people in Web3, Uh, love building stuff, love just kind of putting content out there and definitely a bit of a Ethereum junkie and enjoy like all the layer two DeFi and NFT projects that are out there and explore like kind of the stuff that's just being made.
2: How about you, Pope? I'm one of the co-founders of OneDrop. We've been white labeling our data for a long time. For Many other people, probably most people know us for the most up to date drop calendar in the business. And I come from a varied background, but I'm mostly business. I've kind of quit my real job of designing and open restaurants all over the world, and I went full on crypto. I've been living as a crypto trader now for a little over a couple of years. That's how I buy income and make my living and try to pay it forward teach people. I am an ETH maxi without being an ETH maxi, if that makes any sense. I'm a big believer in the technology. I love the blockchain. I hate the blockchain. It's definitely a love-hate relationship, so I'm really excited to see what all this brings. But it is, in my opinion, one of the most secure, one of the most project-dense. There are layer twos and all the different NFT projects and things going on on the blockchain that it's hard not to be excited about Ethereum. In my opinion, and if I'm rambling, you can always just cut me off. When I first started in crypto, it was always the Bitcoin money cycle flow. And you you always followed that. What I've really noticed in trading in the last two years... Is I think there has been a decoupling of Ethereum from Bitcoin, and there is actually two money flows. We have Bitcoin money flow as our thermostat, and we also have our Ethereum cash flow. And I think they are now independent of each other, whereas before, I think they were a lot more correlated. And I think that spread is going to be a lot bigger moving forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love that point you just made with the separation, because I think back in march it wasn't bitcoin that kind of set that run up to ethereum's 35 it, it seemed like it was ethereum it was the news of a successful test on one of their test nets and then that took off i do think that you are correct that it it is starting to separate
1: even with like with the merge coming up too like there's a lot of reason to take a critical look at the current theories that are out there in terms of like how these cycles are going to work going forward yeah, we can dive into that, but I don't want to go down that rabbit hole just yet.
0: No, absolutely. Let's get into the merge and what to expect September 15th to the 18th, something like that. I've heard many dates, but the 16th, I believe, is the date. What exactly will the merge do? And uh we'll kick it off to Squirtle first.
1: I think it's um it's around like uh, September 15th, but that is a bit flexible, just depending on when exactly the block lands. It's not like a set time, it's set to a block. With the merge, I, I guess the best way to think about it is like hot swapping an engine out of a car or an airplane, right? You are taking the consensus layer, which is operated by proof of work, which means proof of work, you have graphics cards and computing power, solving complex problems math problems to figure out who is going to provide you know the security to the blockchain which takes up a lot of energy all that type of stuff right increases the prices of gaming rigs Um, i'm trying to get a graphics card right now and i'm waiting until after the merge i'm waiting i'm legit waiting till after the merge to buy it you take that and you and then you swap out the the consensus layer of ethereum with proof of stake where it is based off of Staking your Ethereum into nodes and then securing the network, uh, via that method. The way they're doing the merge is there's, there's going to be no downtime. Once that block hits, it's going to switch right on over into proof of stake. Picture like just an engine being swapped right back in, like mid drive. I'll stop there for a second, but, uh, yeah, it's also why it's taken so long to happen. <laughs> Pope, you want to add some? Uh, no, I think that's actually, a,
2: you know, great analogy for it. We've had so many delays with Ethereum in the past. I don't believe the way this has actually been written that they can postpone this. This has to be done because it's written into the node transaction. So this is going to happen for any of these um, blockchains, layer twos or anything. Not really necessarily how understandable it is. But how easy is it to use? And does it make sense? Because this is our biggest Achilles heel right now, in my opinion, for any onboarding of new people, is the understanding of the use of the blockchain and the cost behind it. For being the best, the most secure, and the most popular to go through this to create a much cheaper Ethereum. And be kind of curious where we're gonna be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just to simplify it for the listeners, Proof of Work, what it does to push transactions through is people's mining rigs and collections of miners that are pushing these transactions through. And that is what causes the energy being used. When it switches from Proof of Work to Proof of Stake, it then becomes staked ETH. And I believe it's 32 ETH to where you can become a validator on the new network. If you have 32E stake, you then become a validator and you earn rewards for pushing through transactions on the post-merge network. That is how I believe it's 99.9% the energy usage is going to come down basically next to nothing. Personally, I think with larger companies or green initiatives and even mass adoption, having a green Ethereum is big to get more people you know, around the world, companies and everything. In
1: A quick note, just kind of on the proof of stake thing, you still have the responsibility of upkeeping hardware. When you have your own node, you need to have your own computer that is running the node with like a base layer of of hardware requirements. The difference is computer isn't just working like a workhorse to get all this uh, computation done. When you do proof of stake, basically, you're just being like, hey, computer, stay on. Have your internet be up like 24 seven. If you go down, you get penalized. And that is how like everything is secured in this in this new system right so like with proof of stake you want the stakers to have a secure connection always be validating transactions if they don't do that you then put their staked eth at risk of being slashed and taken away so with that pressure of being like hey make sure your node's running or we take away your eth that provides kind of that kick in the butt to make sure that the the node is is up and running
0: With this first update, it's basically taking care of the energy and just getting off the proof of work system. Common misconception out there is that the merge will take care of gas fees, which it will not because the Ethereum network is still running on the one chain and gas fees are a function of block space demand. So if there's only one chain pushing everyone's transactions through, that is why the gas fees will not be effective with the merge. The next step in the Ethereum update. Update is a process called sharding. And that is what is going to take care of the gas fees. Squirtle, do you want to touch on what sharding is in the next process?
1: If you don't mind, just real quick, I'll do one more note on just kind of like that first step of like the merge, right? With the merge, we're also getting a decrease in issuance of Ethereum, which is a very big deal as well. So right now, there's around like 4%, 4% plus inflation of the Ethereum token by rewarding miners. That is going below 1%, might be going like below 0.5% or something like that. It becomes um, deflationary. Yeah, and with the addition of EIP-1559, which now makes it so when you do a transaction, more ETH is usually burned than the actual money, the tip going to the miner. So add a certain GUI, which is the unit for gas costs on the Ethereum network, If you get above like, I think it's like 15 Guay per transaction, the yeah, ETH becomes deflationary.
0: Personally, taking the miners out of the equation, Ethereum for me becomes cleaner. And I'm not just talking about from an energy perspective. I'm talking about just from, you know, having to pay the miners and it becoming deflationary. Personally, I think that's a better system.
1: I mean, you get lower hardware requirements to be a node, which means an opportunity to be more decentralized by more people running nodes. You remove the selling pressure of all the miners for upkeeping their hardware and the electricity costs and everything like that. They have to sell in order to make a profit and offset their costs. You take away all that selling pressure and you put it back into yield by the stakers. You don't need as many buyers of Ethereum than you did pre-merge.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Pope? And I think that's more attractive for the miners because as you said, you know, you're not going to get rid of the gas wall or something things like that because it's not dealing with that part yet. So there will always be those, you know, perks of being there, so to speak, when the blockchain is clogged. Because I've looked at becoming a miner in various different chains and the cost and then learning about, you know, 30 amp and how loud these machines really are, and just all the little idiosyncrasies of it this new way does make it more attractive for them. They're not, like you said, having this up, Even though it's less money to them, the deflationary aspect, burning aspect, it's only a matter of time. And we're already starting to see how ETH is bouncing. And I don't think that's just solely based on this merge and moving out of proof work. I think there is you know, that sense of, hey, this isn't going anywhere. The market has definitely started to stabilize. We've had some good series of right consolidation. What was our lowest low? Like eight something. And that was a few weeks ago. We were saying buy, buy, buy on on the graveyard shift. In one week, it was 65%. Where are we still going to... I still think there's lots of not financial advice, blah, blah, blah. But how we're going to see the value of ETH in terms of its, yes, its dollar value, and but just its value more in terms of the ecosystem as a whole. Um, I think this will be a good pivotal part to help us get out of this bear market. At least that's what I'm hoping, even though I still think we're probably in the better of the bear market.
0: Let's get into how the merge goes into reducing gas fees. We'll just touch slightly on the next step. I believe it's supposed to happen within the calendar year after the merge. We can just talk about what sharding is and what it will do to reduce gas fees.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in there. Yeah, sharding with deadlines in dev world. Um, if you get a deadline, uh, that's not like a hard deadline like the merge on September 15th. Uh, just add a couple of months or a year onto it. Always takes longer than expected. Yeah, sharding, um, this is basically taking the layer one and like splitting up the, the workload. You create separate chains within the Ethereum layer one, and that lets a bunch of validators validate all those chains at the same time. So a single node won't have to validate every single shard. They can validate just uh, this one shard, a couple shards, whatever. But it allows for a more scalable environment um, where we're going to be going from... At the end of the sharding roadmap, I think the projection is like around 100,000 transactions per second, where we're coming from like five transactions per second.
0: Basically, it's taking that one blockchain and splitting it into thousands, tens of thousands of blockchains, all that can simultaneously push through tens of thousands of transactions. From what I understand, it's supposed to be quicker than credit card transactions. So
1: yeah, it splits up the database, basically. The easiest way
2: I've ever had it describe or try to make it make sense to people is you're taking a piece of information and you're turning it into packets of information. And each is responsible for that packet, almost on like a a spider web of a network, which does make it faster and actually a little more secure and then driving down the cost.
0: Yeah, exactly. So more scalability, lower fees, better for the environment. You know, It's all very exciting the Ethereum updates and just cryptocurrency and DeFi as a whole. Uh It's a great time to be in it. Like Pope said, Um not financial advice, but it is a great time to be in this space. Last question for the both of you. Pope, what do you see for the future of not only the Ethereum network, but just cryptocurrency as a whole? Oh, wow. Um Well, to get to the future where it's transactional,
2: We need to be able to beat MasterCard Visa. And they're able to do, what, 4,000 transactions per second without a blip, without a delay, without any issue. And that's where crypto has to be. And I think crypto will be there. It'll be there fairly quick with all these different, you know, layer two solutions. How are we going to see this affect everything? It's going to affect everything. I I always feel like I'm the crazy guy in the corner going, it's all going to change. When was the last time you carried cash? You know, who's using the cash? Let's be honest. And it's, it's becoming more and more obsolete and it will. And for the cashless and bankless of society, parts of society, this just makes sense. We're just that much closer to getting there. And if you could go, you know, I wish I bought Google when I wish I bought Amazon when I wish I bought Apple when, you know, we're at the cusp of all this technology still. It's just getting better and better. If you're looking long term. And not short-term trading or day or swing trading like I do. If you're looking long-term, 5-10 years from now, it doesn't matter if you bought it 3 months ago. It's not going to matter if you buy 2 months from now in the reality of the big picture in that kind of a sense. But it will matter if you don't buy. In my honest opinion, if you're not involved in crypto, you will be left behind the dust. Look how strong the dollar is. You know What is a dollar buying today compared to what it bought you 5 years ago, 10 years ago? Even hell two years ago. And what is crypto doing? I'm not saying there's not problems with crypto space. I'm not saying there's not garbage out there. There absolutely is. It is finding those better ones that are out there. Like I said, I have a love hate relationship with Ethereum. Uh, I think all these changes coming is going to make it a lot more love than it is hate.
0: Squirtle, same question.
1: Yeah, I go to the whole monolithic versus modular uh, models of blockchain. Ethereum is setting itself up to always have the layer one be the consensus layer, most secure, most decentralized. You get the value prop of the security and the decentralization rests in layer one, even if the fees are high. People will pay for security if they know that it is 99.9% valid, no matter what. As more adoption comes, even with all of the scaling efforts for layer one, it'll still be expensive because um, you're going to have all these layer twos, like Arbitrum, Optimism, Polygon, SK, all, all these layer twos and all the additional ones that are going to come. Um, Polygon has uh like the entire Facebook ecosystem coming, Disney ecosystem coming. Mercedes just signed with uh, Polygon as well. And Mercedes, <laughs> like the, the amount of big money that is signing on to Layer 2s is really fascinating and and also Reddit with Arbitrum Nova. So basically, you take these Layer 2s and you can tune them to do very specific things so like Immutable X. They tune their network to be very good for gaming transactions, no fees, super fast, but you still get the security from the layer one of ethereum more and more use cases spin up more and more one-off chains for particular use cases spin up you just kind of get to this point of like an infinite scalability where you can keep attaching more and more layer twos on top of layer
0: one yeah absolutely i love that so gentlemen um this has been a great information to kind of spread the word and keep people in the know so expectations are correct and you know everything that was said here you should be doing your own research if you are listening to this. You know, we are giving you the best of our knowledge and it comes from a good place. But doing your own research is, is paramount. So Squirtle, where can people find you? Yeah, so that would be just on Twitter. Where can people find you, Pope?
1: Can a Crypto Pope on
2: Twitter is the easiest way to find me or bundrop.io, either our Discord or through the website in and of itself. I try to get to everything I still get DM'd as much as I possibly can.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you both for jumping on NFT and Chill. This was a real pleasure. And that's it for this week's show. I want to thank my guests, Canna Pope and Squirtle, for coming on and giving everybody so much great information about the merge and blockchain technology. Make sure you follow those guys. You can also catch them and myself every Saturday on the Graveyard Shift Twitter space at 11 p.m. Eastern. I want to thank everybody so much for supporting the show. The show keeps getting bigger and bigger and we keep growing to more countries and more people listening. And that's all thanks to you, the listener. I'll be at NFT Nashville Labor Day weekend, which is going to be this huge Web3 event for like five days. I'll be speaking on a panel. If you are going to NFT Nashville or thinking about going, uh, their link will be in the show notes. But please, if you're coming, uh, make sure you come connect with me. I'd love to meet anyone who's listening to the show. If anyone has any future episodes they want to see or any videos they want done uh, and have any questions, you can reach out to the show. You can reach out to myself and we'll definitely put something together. So make sure you're subscribed and stay tuned for next week. We have another great episode with another awesome guest from the Web3 space. I'm the mayor and you've been listening to the NFT and Chill Podcast.